From Public Radio International, this is The World. A co-production of the BBC World Service, PRI, and WGBH Boston. It's Wednesday, May 5th. I'm Marco Werman. The would-be Times Square bomber is talking to investigators. He reportedly told them he was trained in Pakistan, but his amateur actions seem to indicate an audition attack. Jihadi groups say to a new arrival of that type, much as a street gang might say to a 14-year-old volunteer, oh, you really want to play in the big time? We'll go do something and then come back. Also, the last day of campaigning before key elections in Britain and a rise in urban farming in Ottawa. Now this news. BBC News with David Austin. The president of Greece, Karolos Papoulias, has said his country is on the edge of the abyss after violent protests left three people dead. The president said it was the responsibility of all Greeks not to take a step into the void. The three people died inside a bank in Athens which was set on fire by a petrol bomb. The protests were part of a general strike against cuts designed to open the door to an international financial bailout. From Athens, Duncan Kennedy reports. Stun grenades and tear gas canisters exploding across the streets of central Athens. Chaotic scenes as riot police battle protesters. By mid-afternoon, the tragic events inside one bank set on fire became clear. Two women and a man died, the building apparently struck by a petrol bomb. The demonstrators say the government's harsh package of austerity measures have provoked the anger. I'm so angry. I don't want to speak anymore. I'm ready to kill people. It's time to rise up. It's time for revolution. The protest attracted ordinary Greeks who are facing real pressure by the government's new measures. European stock markets reacted to the protests in Greece with a further sharp decline in share prices and another fall in the value of the euro against the dollar. Concern was fueled by the ratings agency Moody's. It's warned of a possible downgrade of its assessment of Portugal's ability to repay debts. India's Supreme Court has banned the forced use of so-called truth drugs by police when interrogating suspects. The court ruled that the use of chemicals, brain mapping and lie detector tests violated personal liberties and were illegal. The injection of sodium pentothal is thought to make it more difficult for a suspect to tell lies during questioning. It's the last day of campaigning before the British general election on Thursday and the leaders of the three main parties are making their last-minute bids to win votes. Nick Clegg, the leader of the Liberal Democrats, said only his party could deliver real change. The opposition Conservative leader, David Cameron, said the election was the most important in a generation and he was fighting for every vote. The Labour Prime Minister, Gordon Brown, has warned of a 1930-style recession should the Conservatives win. But the BBC's Nick Robinson says many voters are still undecided. Polling tells us that about 20% of people said they made their minds up in the last week in each of the recent elections. Now people suggest that up to 40% may still be ready to change their mind. And I think it's for an obvious reason. After all that has gone wrong in the economic system and in the political system, all the anxiety about the future, people aren't sure. They say overwhelmingly they want change, they don't say what sort of change they want, and they don't know whether they're willing to take the risk of change. That report from the BBC's Nick Robinson. This is the World News from the BBC. 
The American authorities have tightened security procedures for airline passengers after the leading suspect in last week's failed car bomb plot in New York was able to board a flight for Dubai. The man, Faisal Shahzad, an American citizen of Pakistani origin, was eventually arrested as the plane was about to take off. Laura Trevelyan reports from New York. Questions are being asked about how Shahzad managed to board a plane to Dubai on Monday evening, despite being on a no-fly list. The U.S. government has now ordered airlines to step up their efforts to prevent people on the list from boarding flights. The New York Times is reporting that back in 2004, detectives interviewed a man who had bought a house from Shahzad, wanting more information about the Pakistani-American. This suggests that for some reason, six years ago, Shahzad had attracted the attention of the U.S. government's Joint Terrorism Task Force. Engineers working for the oil...